The decree went out that Nehemiah should go back for the rebuilding of Jerusalem. And that date fits. It brings us right to A.D. 29. And that's the year, you know, ballparking, rounding off. That's when our Lord Jesus began his ministry. So the 70th week, the 70th week, which is really 483 years, because 490 is the full 70, 69 years, at the end of 69 years is the beginning of our Lord's ministry. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Gallagher. We're on the air to bring you the message of the gospel. And today we're dealing again with the day of great tribulation. In this series on prophecy, we're looking at the end times, the return of our Lord to this world. But in this particular event, which is recorded for us in Daniel chapter 9 of the days of the tribulation, it is my understanding from the scriptures and from the light of that word that this is referring to the event of A.D. 71 when the Romans destroyed the city of Jerusalem and desolation was made of the temple. We're going to be looking at that today. So let's read a little further here in the book of Daniel chapter 9. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. I trust that today you'll stay tuned with us as we deal with these things. We'll, we'll be looking at the history of this. We'll be looking at the writings of Josephus, the Jewish historian who wrote for the Romans. And we'll be opening up the Bible a little further on the meaning of these events, the Great Tribulation, A.D. 71 the city of Jerusalem that is brought down where the sacrifice in the temple is over, and it's still over. To this day, the tabernacle is gone. And we've got to look into this, and I trust the Lord will speak to your heart as we minister the Lord's Word here today from the pulpit of our Free Presbyterian Church. And the clearest of all the prophets regarding the destruction of Jerusalem was Daniel. He's talking about Jerusalem. He's not talking about Gentiles. He's not talking about the whole world. He's not talking about other nations. He's talking about Jerusalem in Daniel 9. And as opposed to other views, this great tribulation described by our Lord with this quotation from Daniel's prophecy, it's about Jerusalem, the holy city. Notice in Daniel 9, 24. I have it in the notes. You don't need to look it up. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. That was Daniel's prophecy. And the Lord Jesus said, this, these are the times of the abomination of Daniel, the desolations that would happen, and it's all pertaining to Jerusalem. 
And so this 70th week of Daniel pertains to the ministry of the Lord Jesus, the death of the Lord Jesus, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus, and these events that later happened to Jerusalem. Now, I must say I've had a very interesting week trying to grapple with these 70 weeks of Daniel. 70 heptads, they are called, which equals 490 years. And you wouldn't believe the many theories that people have of how to get from day zero to the day the Lord Jesus died on the cross. I read and read and exhausted my pure little mind trying to see who's right on this. And I've come to the conclusion that Albert Barnes, in his notes on Daniel 9, gives what is a very straightforward explanation. Year zero. Year zero begins, as Daniel put it, when there was the going forth of the commandment to restore Jerusalem. That's the going forth of the commandment. That's year zero. That's the starting point. Now, the big debate is, was that Cyrus, because he is the one that actually gave permission to the Jews to go back to Jerusalem. The problem is that his decree was probably around 538 B.C., but that doesn't fit. Too many years between 538 B.C. and A.D. 33, or A.D. 30, when the Lord began his ministry. And Albert Barnes comes up with the explanation that that commandment was really in the day of Nehemiah when Artaxerxes, and he has a surname, Longamanus, that it was that king in the 20th year of his king kingdom, in the year 454 B.C., the decree went out that Nehemiah should go back for the rebuilding of Jerusalem. And that date fits. It brings us right to A.D. 29. And that's the year, you know, ballparking, rounding off. That's when our Lord Jesus began his ministry. So the 70th week, the 70th week, which is really 483 years because 490 is the full 70, 69 years. At the end of 69 years is the beginning of our Lord's ministry. Then in the midst of that week, three and a half years, Messiah would be cut off. How long was our Lord Jesus between his baptism, when he was anointed to the work of the ministry, and he was crucified? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. And so from the going forth of the commandment, 454 B.C., to A.D. 33, you have that fullness of 70 weeks. Now I have all the dates and numbers and multiplication tables right here in the notes, so I'm not going to get into all of that. But that brings us to the statement of the Lord Jesus. And he used the term, the abomination of desolation, when he warned his disciples of the approaching Roman armies against Jerusalem. So what we're saying is here, the timing, the timing of this event is Jerusalem 
A.D. 70, in the generation, the same generation of our Lord Jesus, people were, who were alive, who heard his words, his pronouncement, as he taught on the Mount of Olives and said, this generation shall not pass away till all these things are fulfilled. That is our understanding of the great tribulation that our Lord Jesus was referring to. It doesn't mean that there'll never be another tribulation of some kind, but that tribulation our Lord is alluding to is Jerusalem, A.D. 70, and fulfilled. Now, that brings up a question. Why did the Lord call it a great tribulation? Well, that brings us to our next point where we're dealing with the intensity of the destruction of Jerusalem during that great tribulation. Now, we noted in Matthew 24 and verse, um, where was it? Um, where, yes, verse 15. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Now Mark 13 and verse 19, Mark 13 and verse 19 tells us that there will never be another time like this again and there never was prior to it. Mark 13, 19. For in those days shall be affliction, such as was not from the beginning of the creation, which God created unto this time, neither shall be. Some people question that and says, have there not been world conflicts where worse things have happened? And they think of Hitler, they think of Pol Pot, the killing fields of of Cambodia. We, we think of the millions that have died in various wars. Can Jerusalem even come close to such horror? Well, we would answer that, that the tribulation, the destruction of Jerusalem, would not come close in quantity of deaths, but certainly in the intensity of suffering. And when we determine and, and, and learn of the horrors of that five-year period of Roman wars against the Jews, it absolutely was horrendous. I've put into the notes here a list of things that sort of describes the event. It was a five-year period, a full year, when the Roman armies were ranging around Judea, destroying city after city. Thousands of Roman armies mercilessly butchering thousands of Jews before they ever got to Jerusalem. When they besieged Jerusalem, it was Passover time, when many Jews from various parts of the world came for Passover, and it's estimated that there were three million men, besides women and children, inside the walls of Jerusalem massively overpopulated for their abilities to sustain themselves for any period of time. Before Rome ever entered the city, and it was Rome's intention just to besiege the city and let starvation do its work, and thereby it would be a longer-term siege. 
But such was the awful state of things within the walls when a number of zealots, many of them who were motivated by false prophets, who incited people to stand on the walls and expect a Messiah to appear to deliver Jerusalem, which never happened. And those people who in their zealotry, others who wouldn't join them were put to death. When food became scarce, they slew one another. Indeed, it is said that the Roman army entered the city to put an end to the suffering that was already there. At one point, the state of things inside the walls was so severe that 500 people a day sought to escape. They ended up being caught and crucified until the area around the city of Jerusalem was so marked with crosses that there was no longer enough room for crosses, nor crosses to be had to crucify the intended escapees. And so Rome re resorted to crucifying two upon one cross. Inside the city, the dead were not buried. The stench of death and disease built up. There were homes where upper rooms, and we're familiar with the upper room in Jerusalem, were filled with the dead bodies of men, women, and children. There are stories of mothers who were so starved that they ate their own children. And it's recorded that 1.1 million men died inside the city, and that 97,000 were taken off in ships, some to be galley slaves, some sold to the Egyptians, to the mines. And then when the Roman army entered into the city, blood flowed in the streets. The temple was entered into. There were bodies that were already piled up upon an altar, and Rome set fire to the city the temple. It was a great tribulation, a terrible, terrible tribulation.
You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and we're dealing with prophecy of the Great Tribulation, which we are interpreting from Daniel chapter 9 by proper interpretation that it is the city of Jerusalem that is referred to, and it is the year A.D. 71 when the Romans came, destroyed the city. I think what we know too little of the extent of devastation that took place in the city of that time, and it was and called that great tribulation. And those who know their history, well, let's read today from Josephus. Josephus was a well-known historian, and uh, he wrote the uh, wars of the Jews, and he gave us insights into the events of that time. And so today we want to take time to learn our history and to know what our Lord Jesus was referring to when he spoke of that great tribulation. Stay tuned with us as we return now for the second part of our message as we return to our pulpit ministry from our Free Presbyterian Church. Now, I'll not read tonight the quote from Josephus, a well-known Jewish historian who was actually taken captive by the Romans, and he wrote annals of history for the Romans, but he did it with a Jewish mindset. He wrote of Jerusalem in A.D. 75 when these things were fresh in his mind, and when these things were still fresh in the minds of many who lived at that time so that his record was accurate. It's not like trying to write a history that's 300 years old and nobody ever knows about it. And Josephus describes the awful situation inside the city. And that brings us to the words of the Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 and verse 22. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. That is a reference to this awful tribulation or desolation of Jerusalem. And God in his providence spared a remnant. Some were already outside the city. Some they knew the signs to watch for when they see this army of Rome approaching to flee. And there were those Christians who fled to Pella, you know, the city in the rocks, across the Jordan on the east side, and they were saved. They were spared. The Lord said, except those days were shortened, and he mentions there the elect in that verse. For the elect's sake, for his own people, except the Lord had opened a way of escape, there'd have been no, nothing remaining. The city was desolate. And so the wrath of Rome was used of God to destroy the city, the temple, Judaism, and left never to be the same again. That's the great tribulation that the Lord Jesus is referring to. And the point I want to make tonight, that it is wrong for teachers of prophecy to come to these passages and apply them to the latter days of the world. It is wrong to say that this 70th week of Daniel 
which is seven years with the three and a half years. It refers to a two-stage coming of the Lord when he will come, first of all, for his church and take them up out of the earth and deliver them from the tribulation. And then at the end of seven years, the Lord will return with his people to reign on the earth. That's how they interpret the 70th week of Daniel. That's where they get these terms, the seven years and the three and a half years. But we've learned tonight that all of this, Daniel's prophecy in chapter 9, and the confirmation of the Lord Jesus upon that interpretation, that is already fulfilled in Jerusalem, A.D. 70. Now, we close tonight with a few lessons from this tribulation upon Jerusalem. We have here a reconciliation of the statements of Daniel and our Lord Jesus. That's how we ought to understand them. We also learn the accuracy of fulfilled prophecy. These things that were spoken by Daniel, and no doubt some of them were ambiguous. Who could understand every detail? The details are not always given, but such is the information that when they are fulfilled, there's no doubt whatsoever. No doubt whatsoever. And likewise, when these details have been fulfilled so accurately, we have to understand that what is said about our Lord's return will be fulfilled, that he will come back as the judge of this earth, that he will gather from the four corners of the earth his own people, and there will be a day of reward for the righteous, but a day of destruction against the wicked. Those things are certain. Another lesson we have, and that is, Men are warned not to trample under the blood of Christ. That's what they did in Jerusalem when they crucified the Lord. They had already trampled on the blood of the prophets down through the generations. But the great judgment was upon their rejection of the blood of the Lord Jesus. Not that everyone was there to kneel the Lord to the cross, but our Lord, having offered that final sacrifice for sin, for people to go back to sacrificing lambs and bulls and calves and continuing a temple worship which was over, was to reject the value, the victory of the blood of the Lord Jesus. I wonder tonight what you have done with the sacrifice of the Lord. Have you accepted that death for your salvation? That's the way to be saved. But to reject it is to be destroyed. Another lesson, and that is the Jews can still be saved. I don't want anyone to interpret tonight that when God destroyed the temple, that he was never again in, in interested in saving Jewish people. The Lord said that the world would not end until this gospel would be preached in every nation. He scattered the Jews to every nation. He did that in AD 70 when they were carried off in shiploads to various nations. And God has in his grace many agencies around the world, specifically with ministries to Jewish people. He has said that we who are Gentiles ought not to be so proud 
because we have been grafted into the olive tree, because God is able to graft in again his own people. God's not done with Jews. God is not done with Israelites. They can be saved. And there will be in the election of God many Jewish people converted. And indeed, if we understand Romans chapter 11 right, there may well be a mighty gathering in of Jews before the world is ended. But the one thing to remember is they're not going to be gathered back to temple worship, not to Levitical sacrifices, not to Old Testament covenant worship, but to New Testament gospel preaching, gospel salvation. In other words, the Jew and the Gentile are saved the same way. One church, one gospel, one faith, one baptism. And a Jew today can be saved, and indeed the grace of God includes Jews, but Judaism is over. It's over. And I think that an understanding of our Lord's words and Daniel's prophecy confirms so much of this for us. And as we try to work our way through the other issues of prophecy, keep this in mind. Keep this in mind. And then other things begin to fall into place. This is like the jigsaw puzzle with the main piece in place. This is like the crown piece in the jigsaw puzzle. And as we put the destruction of Jerusalem as a great tribulation of Daniel's 70th week in place. Then we begin to build the other things around, and they begin to make sense. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca. CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one -on -one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 
9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m. here on this station as we let the Bible speak.